these veterans, for the most part, have said, absolutely, Gretchen, not only do I need help, um, you know, I'm hoping that you can help me by sharing my story. But at the same time, I want my brothers and sisters in arms to learn from this or to get the help they need by listening to my journey. And so that's how Code of Vets evolved. That's the birth of Code of Vets is me sharing my dad's stories. And now I'm sharing other veteran stories and they absolutely love it. And I'm asking for people to pray for these veterans as we're raising money for them as whatever the case may be, whatever their story or journey looks like, I'm asking for prayer because what I'm doing is I'm providing hope in our community and I'm letting them know you're not alone anymore. We're actually, get, we're, we're rallying together. We're unifying on a grassroots level and we're helping each other one at a time. Knowing when to break through the boundaries of average to question the unquestionable is the sign of greatness. It's those moments when you get to the absurd stage that things truly get interesting. Well, the world is in need of a new generation of leaders, leaders who have the courage to break through the boundaries and question everything around them. Well, society is yearning for bold and enthusiastic women and men to provide the necessary leadership that will be required for the next leap forward. The journey to get to the brink can be unpredictable, but knowing you're at the brink, pure genius, my friends. Today, we are on the brink of greatness. It's a serious problem in America, and it's PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, this this impacts uh, your fathers, your brothers, your sisters, your friends. I mean, our military is greatly uh, impacted by this, so our law enforcement officers, for that matter, and really can impact a lot of people for a lot of reasons. It's real. It's here. The numbers are staggering. When we look at our military, Kevin, when we talk about our military, we look at our military, and we and we understand that a lot of these uh, soldiers, men and women, they come back, and not only is their life forever changed, and the traumatic events of what they experienced overseas or on in combat, in some cases, in other situations they've seen, it changes their life forever. And trying to get back to a normal life is. I, I got to tell you, and you know, you and I have covered homelessness a lot on the brink as well, and a lot of these uh, people end up homeless as well. This is a serious problem in America, Kevin. Absolutely. It just seems like uh, you hear more and more about it uh, recently. I think uh, listening to Gretchen in the past, she talks about for some reason is for Vietnam vets, they didn't have the ability. They were told not to say anything to anybody about the trauma they had gone through. But today, I think more and more people are sharing uh, their stories about PTSD, which is allowing them to not, you know, um, to try to manage it. Because it's really almost like a disease that's difficult. Well, it is, so, and the, the problem with that is, Kev, if you leave it inside of you, it it doesn't it it gets worse. It, you've got to let it out. I think that's what we'll find out today on the program. I'd like to introduce to you Gretchen Smith, and uh, Gretchen, welcome to the brink of greatness. It's uh, wonderful to have you here with us. Um, let's let's get into this big story and talk about because you've done some amazing things. When I look at your story today, and I look at I went to your site, I looked at all the things you're doing. Um, it's dramatic, but it all comes back to your dad. What surprised me the biggest thing with your dad, I found out he uh, I believe he passed away 57 years old, pretty young guy, Gretchen, huh? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Now he served in the in the Air Force, was it? He was in the Army. He was airborne. Okay. All right. So, t so, you, so your dad served in Vietnam. Yeah. 
Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay. He was Army Airborne. Uh, he was infantry, and he was a point man for his squad. Okay. All right. How many years was he out there in Vietnam, Gretchen? Two years. Okay. He served two tours. Okay, two tours. And this was at the, 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 the heart of it, I'm sure, the heat of battle, yes, I would imagine. 70 and 70, yes, 70 and 71, correct. So he's seen a lot of things, obviously. Uh, and Now, how old was you when this happened? I, I Actually, I was born in 72. So when he came back home, um, I was born. And he, he had, again, he was forever changed. Just like you said, it's an apt description. Mm-hmm. It, it, I... I did not get to know my dad as a small child because he was in and out of our lives. When he came back home from the war, uh, he had left a piece of his soul. That's how he described it to me as, you know, later on in adulthood when we sat down and talked about it a little bit. He, my mom didn't even recognize him. He just had, he said, Gretchen, part of my humanity stayed in the jungle. And he did not understand why he came home. And I think many of our veterans struggle with why me? You know, why was I the one to come home? Why did not my the brother standing so, beside me? Why did he die? Why, why did I live? Yeah, yeah. Listen to those words you say there. That is profound. Part of my humanity stayed in the jungle, Gretchen. That's that's significant. It is. It's powerful. That's very it's powerful. powerful. Yeah. I mean, that should tell everybody a lot that that's the change that's happening. So so you never really knew your dad uh, in his normal state because you were born when he was back and this had already happened. He was a changed man already. So that's who you knew. Exactly. Exactly. When my dad came back from the jungle, mm-hmm. um, the family explained it to me when I was older. They just did not recognize him. He actually wow. self-medicated, used, you know, drugs and alcohol to try to... Uh, medicate himself. He, he he could not get rid of the pictures in his mind that he kept seeing the faces of the people that he had killed, men, women, and children. It's part of war. War is hell. And my dad had to do some horrific things, and he had a difficult time processing the atrocities of war. And I did not, uh, you know, I didn't know another person before that. And it was sad, but one of my very first glimmers of memories of him was coming home after his second time in prison. And it was his last time he had been in and out of jail 40 sometimes and he came home and he knocked on the door and my mom invited him in to spend some uh, you know a few hours with us mm-hmm. he did end up spending the night i was a toddler and as he got up the next morning um he was ready to go because he just was not used to that kind of safe stable environment he had withdrawn to the point where he had some brushes with homelessness he was out doing things that he should not be he was a very rough character he had evolved from a young normal man into someone that nobody recognized. And it was because this this was eating away at him like a cancer. He was told when he came home from war that it was something called shell shock, that he needed to uh, suck it up and be a man, to shove it way down deep and never speak of it again. And that's what my dad did. He, he followed um, instructions. That's what you do in the military. You, you follow your orders. But, but, that, but those orders... Mm-hmm. You, they, it was like a cancer with my dad. It, it was, it ate him alive. But as he prepared to leave that morning, he was looking at the window and he was listening to us in the background and my mom interacting, you know, with us and just in a normal family manner. Mm-hmm. And he was overwhelmed by it. And he didn't, you know, he didn't know how to, to leave the path that he was on. He felt like he was nothing. He felt like a nobody. 
And I walked up to him in those moments when he was having those thoughts. And I just, I reached up with my hand and I grabbed one of these fingers and I looked up at him and I, we had a father daughter moment. And I just looked at him like he was somebody, like he was more than somebody, like he was Superman Mm -hmm. because that's, that was my daddy. I was a little girl. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything different. Mm -hmm. And my dad said those moments between us, were, were incredibly powerful for him. And it began to crack the walls that he had built around his heart just to survive those times in war. And it, it just, that story just sat in my heart and resonated with me for many years as an adult, because my dad had shared that story with me. And when he did share that story, it brought back little glimmers of memories of that, those moments. And it's, those are powerful. Those are powerful moments that we had together. And I know that I had, a, you know, I did impact my dad and it was the beginning of his healing journey. He did end up losing his battle with PTSD at age 57, but he did have some years of, of, of somewhat good quality. Uh, and it, it, it was just a powerful story that I shared with the veterans online. And that's how, you know, I was able to, you know, reach out to veterans and let them know you're not alone. My family has walked that path because not only does PTSD impact the veteran, Mm -hmm. there's a ripple effect throughout the entire family. Yeah, Big time. It totally is. How did your dad die at 57, Gretchen? Um, He actually had many good years as a Christian man. He was a pastor, and towards the last uh, few years of his life, he fell off the wagon. Um, the The devils laid a trap for him. He fell for it, and uh, um, he lost his way with God when he was walking with God. Uh, his, he was on fire. He he won many, many souls to the Lord by sharing his testimony, by sharing his journey and, and difficulties with the war and uh, with PTSD and with his alcoholism. However, again, uh, roughly around age 50, he did fall off the wagon again and began drinking. And I sat down and I talked with my dad and I said, Dad, why are you doing this? I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. And he said, Gretchen, he said, uh, he said, they've beat me. And he was talking about the demons of war in his head. He said, right. I can't get rid of the pictures. And he said, I'm done. And he said, I will not put a gun to my head because I love you kids too much. Wow. He said, but you see that bottle sitting there? He said, it'll do the same thing. And he was right. It did. When did your dad become a pastor? What what year was that roughly? I believe it was roughly around 1975, 76 in that time frame. So this is when he was back from service. This is when you were a young, young girl. Okay. And what was the driving mechanism, I wonder? Do you know at all why? I mean, you come back from worry. He's struggling and suffering. How does he become a pastor? I mean... Well, my mom had, you know, she was a prayer warrior. She prayed for my dad every day throughout the day, every night. And uh, she had asked him to go to church and he kept, you know, he had come that come home that night to spend the night with us. And that actually triggered him going to church with us a few short weeks later when him and I had that moment. So he went to church and he said as he sat in the pew that he felt like that sermon that night was specifically for him. God was speaking directly to him. And his heart was pounding. He was sweating and he was looking around and, you know, just didn't understand how those words could be meant for him. And he said, I felt like I was supposed to be there. And he did get saved. And um, and my dad, it's a beautiful story. And just within a short period of time of him being saved, mm-hmm. God laid it on his heart that he needed to share his journey, that he needed to help others. And he, he, he was calling him to preach. And my dad battled against that. But one night, uh, my dad you know, got down on his knees and he said, okay, God, I'm going to make you a deal. He said, if you can provide me with a pair of church shoes, 
He said, you know, we do not have anything. My dad was worked on a trash truck. He was a trash man and was also a caretaker at a cemetery. He said, if you can provide me with a pair of shoes that are decent because he was, we, you know, going to church and he didn't have, he, he just didn't look good. We were very poor. And he said, I, he said, I will accept the calling. Well, the next morning he got up and he was on the trash truck and he was emptying the cans into the, the, the truck and he actually saw a shoe and he, he reached down and grabbed it and he was talking to God and he said, okay, God, I know this is, this can't be you. This is just one shoe. This, this can't be from you. So, <laughs> but he did pick it up yeah. and he, he looked at it and he shuffled the papers around a little bit and found another one. And he thought they'll never be my size. And he flipped them over and sure enough, they were his size 10 and a half. And he said he, he was inspecting them cause it was in the, it was dusk. It's sun, the sun hadn't mm-hmm. risen yet. And he was looking at them closely and he said, they looked almost brand new no scuffs no no paint he said he a tear came to my dad's eye and he said you know what god i'm in i'm going to do this because he knew those pair of shoes were there for him and they were a beautiful pair of shoes and when he shared his testimony when he would Mm -hmm. preach i heard it time and time again he had tears in his eyes and he would he would hold those shoes up like they were a million dollars and it was just a beautiful story where are those shoes today do you have them you know what i do not i (sighs) wish I, I did. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, yes, I, I do mm. not know. I think just with life, um, you know, somehow I, I they've been lost. Mm. I would love to have oh, those shoes. Wow. It would be so powerful to have them. I mean, but it was such an amazing story. Oh, that, that's yeah. unbelievable, Gretchen. <laughs> that story is unbelievable. But those shoes are so they're that's they're iconic. You know, it's iconic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they capture absolutely. and treasure that moment. I mean, they capture it all. Let me ask you now. That's. I mean, I'm I'm really moved by this with the shoes. I mean, that just tells you everything, Gretchen. I mean, you know that. I mean, what a yes. powerful, powerful testimony. Here's what I want to ask you, though. Back to being a pastor. To become a pastor, you have to study for that. I mean, you have to, you have to, right? You have to go through a whole process. No? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. you do. So Absolutely. he he did yes. that. He did that. Yes, he did. My dad ended up with two PhDs. <laughs> Get out of yeah. here. Yes, my dad was a brilliant man. This is a smart, smart man. This yes. is a this is yes. a, this is a this is a doctor. This is a yeah. Dr. Danny Smile, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I was very proud of my dad. He had many good years. Um and say I will tell you what, my dad had two weaknesses and that and they were women and alcohol. And the devil did lay a trap. Um you know, when he was doing great, he had um, started a church and it was it was flourishing. It was almost a million dollar business. He had opened up a, he had created a day, daycare, uh, a Christian school. He was in the process of doing the paperwork for a Christian nursing home on his campus. It was phenomenal. This was all in the mountains of North Carolina. He was doing phenomenal, had a, a fantastic reputation as a pastor and as an evangelist. And um, he, he fell into a trap um, and almost immediately he, you know, regretted it and knew, but it was, you know, he couldn't undo what he had done. Okay. So, and that's when that's yeah that's when his he that's when he started his spiral. Okay, all right. Now I want to understand something. It, 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 let's bring it back. To, I, I want to just look at the seventies a minute. So he's back okay. there. You're a young girl. Uh, he's yes. back from Vietnam. Uh, right. does, does he then? It's going to become a pastor just a couple of years later. So he begins to study for that because he's going to church back and forth. Now him and your mom were divorced already, or were they? No. No, they were no, they did not divorce until the early eighties. Okay, so yes, yes. So, so he was still there in, in the home somewhat, or right? Yes, when, he was. Okay, yes, right. he was. Yes. All right, and that's what I'm trying to understand. So then, and he's now studying to become a pastor, and then he's also going to school to get a PhD. 
Well, he started that late in his late 30s, early 40s, his PhDs. While he, when he initially started, he was doing the classes to become a pastor through a okay. Pentecostal organization. Okay. Um, and that was during during the 70s. All right. And he, yes. So, so what I'm driving at now, here is a motivated man. Here's a man who's motivated, okay? Right? I mean, he's intellectually, he's Absolutely. brilliant, right? All right. So he's yes. motivated. I mean, because you can't do that stuff without being motivated, Gretchen. It's not possible. Exactly. Right? All right. Exactly. So he's motivated about life. He's got God in his life. Everything seems to be where it really, you want, I mean, this guy is not only brilliant, he's smart, but he's got a whole life ahead and a legacy ahead. And, and, but then, the traps that he's laying again, back to, as you say, you know, one of the things I see about PTSD, Gretchen, and you see this all the time with what you do today, which we'll be talking about on the program today, is when they self-medicate back to, again, yes. dr- drugs and alcohol. And as you say, women, these are things where they're self-medicating and that kind of thing. And then they become another person. They're not who they really are. Absolutely. But, but he never seemed to get over that hump. What I'm trying to understand in my mind, it looked like he was on the right path. I mean, you can't be doing all this with a PhD and a pastor and doing all this. I mean, you're on the right path. How, how bad were the traps that were set? I'm trying to understand and balance that. How bar- bad were those traps that it took him so far off course again that he was now involved in all of these things? And did he end up going to jail as well? Is that what you said? Well, that was in the beginning of uh, when he returned home when he was self-medicating drinking and driving that's how he got caught up into the criminal justice system with several quite a few duis and he he was just he was a rough oh, so they were duis he, they were yeah, yeah, I see. yeah probation I see. violations i mean they yeah, weren't so hard criminal yeah, things yes. but they were they were again from all this alcohol stuff he was addicted. exactly yeah yes he was yes he was again he had he had he evolved into someone that the family did not recognize uh, mm-hmm. once he came home from the jungle and he again he was trying to get rid of the pictures of the faces in his head that that was his mission and he could not accomplish it he had night terrors there were there was one night my mom shared with me that she was in bed and he reached over and grabbed her by the neck and put her and and they both were he dragged her out of bed and put her up against the wall her feet were dangling he's a big guy he was a big guy mm-hmm. and um she she was trying to wake him up because she knew she looked at his eyes and they're just there he, he was vacant he wasn't there and she said you know she was screaming and just saying please danny it's me and he finally came to himself and realized it was her and he and he fell to his knees and was crying and he said he was apologizing he said i didn't even know it was you i didn't know what i was doing and, um, you know, they just had that moment of, you know, she was consoling him and telling him right. it was going to be OK. And it, it, so he these are the things types of symptoms he was experiencing. And that's why he was using the drugs and alcohol to medicate himself, mm-hmm. because when he did have the moments of sobriety, that's what he would face. He right. never did get the help that he needed to walk through those atrocities he had to kill people and that is difficult even though as a pastor you would think you would think though as a pastor he was getting that help you would think and you know that he was moving on I believe that his here here's how I you know I just I you know my dad you know I've just thought about it for years and especially now that I'm walking with other veterans with PTSD he was able to maintain and manage while his life was focused, while he had a passion, which was his church, which was, you know, sharing God's word. Mm-hmm. He had this incredible relationship with God, mm-hmm. and that's what helped him manage his PTSD. There is not a cure for PTSD. Mm-hmm. You will you will keep it until the, you know, the, the day of your final breath, until your final breath. 
but when da- when God stepped away, when my dad stepped away from God, mm-hmm. that's when he ex- started experiencing the symptoms again of PTSD. He, I mean, he, oh, my dad could only maintain a sense of stability for so so for so long a period of time. Which now I'm understanding from other veterans that instability that you you can't find long term stability while you're carrying that in your heart and your spirit and your mind. There's no way. You know. You you yes you, yes. I, I want to ask you something. You just said something that was probably a Freudian slip, but I want to I want to explore the moment because it, and just I think listeners will understand this. But you kind of said God stepped away from him, then you corrected it and said he stepped away from God. But I want to yes, stop there absolutely. a moment. Yeah, I, I, that's important to me because a lot of people question their faith, and especially in these kinds of times, Gretchen. So. Where was God in all this, and why did the evil show up? I mean, and did, did was there any part to the fact of what you said there? When did God step away from him? No, I believe that was a Freudian slip. I mean, I even have asked God why. You know, why my dad? Exactly. Why did why did he? You know, go through what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, he used the machete in the jungle. The point when you're a point man, you clear the path. And when I say that. I, I truly, if, and that includes human beings too. So that's up close. That's personal. It's gory when you use a machete like that. And that damaged my dad to his very soul. I mean, he, he really had a difficult time processing that. How do you make that okay? Killing children and women. And so when I say, you know, God stepped away from him, you know, I, you know, sometimes I do feel that way. I'm like, God, why? You know, why did my dad go through that? Why was he, why couldn't he find peace and solace with that? Exactly. Uh, and why didn't you remove that from him? Mm. But again, he, dad needed to talk about it. He mm. needed, he never did share with anyone the details. He didn't talk about the sights, the sounds, the smells. He, he did, he would do a brief overview and then shut mm-hmm. down. Right. Um, that, and that's right. the reason why I know what I do is right. because towards the end, when I took care of him in hospice, he shared a few things, but never was able to quite open up and, and walk through it with all of the mm-hmm. sights, sounds and smells. All right. So, wow. Wow. What a powerful, powerful story and testimony. Unbelievable. Um, And again, we're speaking your dad. I want to tell uh, Danny E. Smiley, again, U.S. Army Airborne Infantry. um, uh, Obviously, uh, two PhDs, a brilliant man um, with a lot of aspirations and hope. Um, War changes things. I, I just it's let's just take a moment here and get everybody to understand war changes everything. I mean, you can just hear this story right now and it maybe it gives everybody a scope of to the sacrifices that our men and women make to keep you know we everybody takes this country for granted Gretchen the America you know we think it's going to be here but there's a major right. sacrifice that's put forward here which I know you understand because you've taken now your life and you've dedicated it to really the cause of your dad but the plight right. the plight of millions really that are struggling with PTSD and our armed forces here in America and so for that you are an amazing woman a brink thinker for sure and you yourself served in the United States Air Force. You were security yes. specialist, right? Yeah. Yes, correct. Yes. Which is what I seen up front. I seen Air Force. I thought it was your dad, but you were actually Air Force, and and he was U.S. Army Airborne Infantry. So amazing. Um, all right, this is um, this story is very passionate to me, people, because again. As you probably know, if you follow us here, you know in America Out Loud, we're very passionate about our military, our men and women who serve, as well as we are with our law enforcement. There's something about service. There's something special about these people that are truly, truly unique. Um, and really, it's the core of America, folks. It really is the core. It's the heartbeat of this whole thing. It's why the flag symbolizes so much to patriots 
uh, across the nation. There, there's, there's something about, again, that red, white, and blue, my friends, it bleeds red blood, let me tell you. It's red American blood. Now, there's, that's the only path forward that has kept this country what it is. You don't, we should never lose sight of that. What an amazing story today. We're speaking with Brink Thinker Gretchen Smith here. I want to tell you about the code of vets, what she's doing now, what's happening with that, the cause that she's on, but also still the plight of PTSD and where we're at as a nation and, and why so many people are losing their lives in different ways. Got a lot more questions, friends. Stay right there. We'll be back on the Brink in just a moment. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world, to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the New Era in Communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Okay, friends, we are back on the brink of greatness here. We're speaking to Gretchen Smith here. Uh, What an amazing story with her dad, Danny E. Smiley, U.S. Army Airborne Infantry. Uh, what a, I mean, you hear the story up front here and uh, what this man went through and became a pastor and the PhDs and a brilliant man and struggling with his life. But again, one of the biggest things you said up front, Gretchen, was the fact that you, he left humanity. His humanity was left in the jungle. That, that's profound yes. to me. That's profound. And anybody who questions war or questions any part of this, just listen to those words where this young American man said, you know, again, what happened there, war's ugly business. I mean, which is why we should have tried to avoid it at all costs whenever we can. But sadly, there are times when it's, it's been part of our path forward, Gretchen, in this nation uh, to, be, to still be America. War has been part of the journey, hasn't it? You know, yes, it has. Yeah, mm. it, 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 it's a beautiful thing that our mm. young men and women, are, they step forward as Mason. volunteers yeah. on that path, knowing what they're facing. But they do it, it. for the love of old glory, love for the of love glory. of our nation. Love of it. Love of glory, love of country, love of God, yes, love of, absolutely. I mean, there is no other absolutely. purpose to it. That has exactly. to be that, to put such sacrifice in your life. But that's what makes the American breed so special. It's why we all want to stand and salute the flag. It's why we, why we understand the beautiful blessings of this nation, Gretchen. You know, there's so much to the story here. I, I, I got to circle back. I got to ask you something that's on my mind. Now, you mentioned at the end of where we were just talking in the previous segment about hospice and all with your dad. So, you know, at first I wasn't sure, Gretchen, whether he had committed suicide, which it doesn't sound like he did because, and I, I wanted to ask you that because suicide is a big problem with PTSD and it's a big problem in America. Yes. But yes. but it doesn't sound like that. Did he, did he die of cirrhosis of the liver or was it alcohol yes. that took it? What happened? Was yeah, it, yeah, it was. Yeah, he died. He died of cirrhosis from his alcoholism. And his words were, I will not pick the gun up and shoot myself, but I will. I will pick that bottle up and it will do the, the same thing. And so and if we're in wow. my mind, it was a slow death. It was suicide wow. because it was intentional. And he had verbalized it to me. Those were his words <clears> to <throat> me. So it, it, the day he passed away mm. um, it was November 26, 2005. I'll never forget it. It was the moment he found peace. His body just his. It was just a peaceful day. He was prepared for it. He was 
that's ready for it. He could no longer carry those demons. And I do believe God took him home. And because he, he had and he also had moments where he was able to make things right with God and to ask God for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a beautiful t- a moment, too, because now I know that my dad is in heaven with, you know, his uh, his brotherhood and his family, you know, our, our physical family. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I'm just it was such a peaceful moment to be with my dad and to know that he no longer had to carry those demons anymore. He, they had, they had broken my dad. Uh, and, and I, I know he did not, you know, take that gun and shoot himself, but he used the bottle as, uh, as a, as a weapon. I mean, it's wild how you say that and how you say a slow death. It really was suicide, Malcolm. I mean, you say that and I hear you, Gretchen. I hear you. Yes. And I can't disagree with you because it what really was, it was his form and he knew what he was doing and he did it. Exactly. And I just, I wonder again, back to faith, um, I, we question his people. We don't really know all the pieces of the journey, but there was a purpose to what he was doing. And obviously g- God used that purpose and used him in some way, obviously. We'll never understand all of it, uh, Gretchen obviously no. right? I mean how could we you know uh, we, how, there are so many pieces to all of these things so so your dad does it let me ask you for for veterans out there and people that are listening the the PTSD the people that are really struggling with this uh, problem um, when he was drinking like let's qualify this a moment Gretchen so we really understand this isn't casual drinking so give me an example give us an example of how much drinking would one do a day to cause that kind of damage to one Oh, a, a fifth or more a day. It was just unbelievable. When my dad fell off the wagon, he dove head first. He would he his choice uh, his alcohol choice was vodka, and he would easily go through a fifth a day, if not more. He was on a mission, and he you know and he and I sat down to try to do you know a little bit of an intervention and, and talk with him about it, and he said absolutely not. I don't want to discuss it with you. He said I'm not going to pick that gun up and and do that to you kids. He said but this bottle right here is doing the, is doing the same thing. How old was um, you when he said that? How old? He roughly? he was roughly 50, 52, and he passed away at 57. Right, but how old was you roughly when he said that? I was early 30s. Okay, so you were old 30, enough. 30-ish. You were a young adult. 30. Okay. Right. Yes, All right. yes. All right. All right, and that's what he said to you. So at that point, yes. uh, he was telling you as an adult, I mean, you weren't a little child at that point. He was telling no. you as an adult, listen, this is my journey. This is what I'm doing. This is, right? And, right? and, and you, what could you say? I mean, you couldn't say anything about it, could you? No, I, mean? I couldn't. I, tr- I did try to help Dad, you know, the, the kids right. and I did get together, tried to do an intervention but he 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 was a lost soul did you know he, it now at that point now when you say lost soul hold on a moment here now at that point in your young 30s did you accept inside of yourself Gretchen and and how many siblings do you have by the way do you have yeah I, I have three brothers but the three older it was us I'm I have an older brother myself and then a younger brother and then we have a half brother from his second marriage so the older three we're okay. the ones who tried to, to do the intervention with dad, and it, and it did not work. They were he all trying to he help. He was just, he was very resistant. Yeah, yes, yeah. he did not want to help. So in, so you're in your early 30s now. You see what dad is doing, and you had to accept this, did you not? I did. What I, what I did to uh, protect myself emotionally and mentally is I had to put a distance there. I could not be around my dad very much because of the drinking and because of his behavior was so, you know, outside the realm of how I remembered him as a pastor. I wanted to carry those moments that I had of him when I was a child and he was a preacher. I could not, um, I could not relate to him in that state of mind. So what did you do to put that distance in there? What did you do? I, I, 
I, I visit him. I visited him once a year in the summer, maybe for a few hours in one day, maybe one overnight. Mm-hmm. But I had to. I had to do that because I could not be around the drinking and be. I did not want to be around that type of behavior. What about your brothers? Were they still interacting with him, or did they put distance as well? We we all did the same thing because you know Dad was an extreme case. He was an extreme alcoholic when he did anything just like with his education with the church you know with the church he went all out he was addictive he, that's it's an addictive yes, personality yes, that's what it yeah, is absolutely. i mean they're all, i yes. mean if you get those people on the on the metric of success and they're on a, these people are powerful powerful exactly. Gretchen, powerful exactly. i mean this could have been somebody who did just about anything in the world absolutely. because he he had absolutely. an addictive personality it's a fabulous personality to have unless you get into the wrong path right if he would have had therapy, if he would have gone through counseling for his PTSD, mm-hmm. I believe the sky would have been the limit for my dad. He was a very charismatic person, very attractive, very intelligent, and he had a drive like no other. Uh, and I, and if that's what I share with veterans, you've got to talk about it. You've mm-hmm. got to get it out of your system. Go get help. And if you don't want that help, then you talk about it with family members with the pastor, you know, some, uh, a veteran, another veteran in the community, he's walked that path. You've got to walk through what you've been through. Cause if you carry it with you, mm-hmm. it is like a cancer. It will end up killing you and destroying your life. All right. All right. Now let's make the turn here, Kevin. Let's turn the corner here a little bit with Gretchen now, because she just, uh, what you just laid out is a perfect segue, Gretchen, now to talk about how you've taken all this experience in your life now and everything you've been through. So your dad now, he, he passed away at 57. You were, he was in hospice. You were there with him. Uh, you and your brothers knew that. And you said he, he became a lost soul at that point, right? That's what right. you said. Exactly. So you had to accept that. That's a difficult thing to accept. That's not easy. I mean, that's, no. yeah. I want to take this moment now where your dad now has left. I mean, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Take us forward now, Gretchen, with life. Where you're at now, how far ahead does it, how does it begin to happen? How does the journey start with Code of Vets? What takes place next? Well, you know, my kids are grown. And last year I started praying and I wanted purpose in my life because for years my kids had been my purpose. I was a stay at home mom. And so I was talking to God uh, last year and I said, you know, I just said, God, I want to do something that matters. And my dad had been on my heart at the same time. And, the, and again, the older I get and the more I reflect on him, um, the better I understand who he was. And I truly believe my dad did the best he could with what was dealt with him. The, you know, the, the, the cards that were laid out before him. And so God just spoke to my heart one day, I was driving down the road and I just felt his presence so strong. And he just spoke to my heart and said, Gretchen, you're going to be a voice. And with a matter of a few short weeks thereafter, Code of Vets came to my heart and it was from God. And um, again, God was just speaking to me, letting me know I'm going to be a voice in the veteran community and I'm going to utilize my dad's journey. And I believe God had laid my dad um, on my heart recently or during that time frame because it all came together. It just all started falling together all at once. And I began to share, began to video um, stories I, about my dad and it began it immediately it resonated with veterans and that's how could when you say video you mean you would video yourself talking about dad get, and yes. things like that i just would yeah yes i would just do and putting them out on social videos. media right yeah exactly yeah. and that's what, yes. she would she would use her phone yes and, and she'd Kevin. record on the phone <laughs> and then that's what she would record as a video and send it out every day she'd have something out there for people to listen to her and and share her story. It was just amazing. Yeah, and Kevin was, I mean, he's been part of the journey since the beginning, and he's the one who actually, you know, 
he would um, retweet those. He would po- repost those videos. And, I, and I'm very grateful for that. But I'm telling you what, the veterans just responded from minute one. And Code of Vets exploded from day one. And, it, and the reason why is because it was from God. It's a God thing. Yeah, but she, but also, Gretchen, you just had the passion and, and, and I think it's just that honesty and love and everything that you just share on, on you know, through your Twitter audience. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, it's just that compassion that just touches everyone. And I think that's what reaches people's hearts as well. It is, Kev, because when she's doing, when you're doing videos like that, you know, you can't hide the real truth. And you just said it, Kevin, people can see uh, the the real the real and the authenticity uh, of Gretchen Smith, and that you can sense that about you, Gretchen, and that's what makes it real, and and that's what I hope we all bring to the table of life, Kevin. That's my ultimate goal. I love it's what I love about talk radio. It's what I love about what we do on our platform. Gretchen, is we're able to bring a level of authenticity to the conversation. People pick up yes. on that, Gretchen. You know that absolutely, uh, absolutely, and and it is. It's just who I am. I'm a genuine person. So who I am, Amen. you know, videoing or live streaming, you get Gretchen Smith. I'm like that, you know, all day, every day. And I think that passion, God laid this on my heart. So it's a passion. I'm on fire. It's like my American spirit is to sure. the nth degree right now. Sure. I want my veterans to know yeah. how much they are loved, how much they are honored. And we are here to walk with you. And if I, I truly believe, Malcolm, if we are to 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 mm. unite mm. our this base, this yeah. veteran community, yeah. we can take care of our own. We can decrease the suicide rate in our community. We can help each other through this PTSD and we'll talk about it and, and, and guide you know each individual veteran to a resource in their local mm-hmm. community. I believe that we are the answer. I don't believe the government is the answer. I believe mm-hmm. that God is the answer and mm-hmm. we are and that yeah. we can be used by God. Well, that's really a big piece of this journey we should reflect on, everybody, is that, uh, uh, Gretchen, the way you've taken it and you've personalized it but you're and you're doing something about it here. Uh, take a moment before we get into our next chapter and really start to peel off the coat of vets and all the awesome things you're doing and where the future is and really begin to talk about our veteran community here. Before we take that launch here, I just I want to touch on the fact we, you know, I, I guess what comes to my mind is what about the veterans community? What about, you know, we hear a lot of stories in the news about the Veterans Administration. I mean, we can't have this conversation, as you just said, without really talking about, you know, are we really helping our veterans for everything they've sacrificed and what they put forth and where we find ourselves? It's been very controversial, Gretchen, the community of, um, again, not to make this left or right or political because that's not what we're talking about here, but we're talking about as a whole, you know, within, are we doing what we need to do? And what could we do differently? I guess, let me ask you the question that way. What, and when I say we, I'm talking about America. I'm talking about, yeah, the government. I'm talking about uh, us as people. What, a lot of money is put out with the Veterans Administration. A lot of money is put out with Veterans Services. What could we do differently as a nation? Let me phrase it that way, Gretchen. Okay. Uh, to do a better job for our veterans community. I, I truly believe, as I've walked this path for a little over a year now, that the, the light in our nation needs to be shown on our American heroes. On day-to-day, average veterans throughout their day, what are their lives like? What are their struggles like? Why don't we highlight them more? Why don't we have shows that discuss and, you know, travel to and visit with not not veterans who are highly decorated, but just somebody who served like me. I, you know, I'm an Air Force veteran. I'm not highly decorated. I was not in combat. But, you know, what 
what is my life like? And I would love to see more of that. Our media spotlights illegals so much. There's such a hyper focus on illegal immigrants in our country, on our border. You know, why can't we turn some of that attention to the ones who have served and protected us and kept us safe to the ones who are struggling. I'm dealing with so many veterans in distress and crisis and need. And I'm, you know, I'm just a small voice. There's our country is huge. We, you know, there's 20 plus million veterans. There needs to be more people out there with that, that with the passion that I have, I'm looking for American citizens, citizens to step up and say, Hey, why not shine that light on you know my the, the veteran living next door to me that's what i wanted that we can truly make a difference in our nation we the people by stepping up and standing against the media and this is not left or right this is bipartisan our veterans deserve our support and our that you know what they stood in the fray for us now it's time for us to stand in the fray for them because some of them are lost they're forever changed they don't have a support system around them them that's functional mm-hmm. guess what we the american people should be that support system in, mm-hmm. in each and every local community and neighborhood i, I want to start a fire for our american heroes because mm-hmm. they deserve it they're the ones who deserves the attention and the spotlight not like not the illegal immigrants in our nation yeah. Well, you, uh, that is a wow, by the way, wow. You are listening to the voice and the testimony of Gretchen Smith, Code of Vets. Uh, you hear the passion and all of that, people. Uh, I mean, you can't very well top that, I'll tell you. But this is really the beautiful thing about America and where we are. And Gretchen is, uh, I think, just an amazing woman and a brink thinker who is turned on, um, powerful, the force of power, the force of God, the force of faith, uh, um, and she's on a path now. She's on a path now to impact. Think about the lives that she's going to impact. It's what I love about this platform. I mean, I just really, truly, this is a blessing from God. This platform is the brink of greatness for sure because, and Kevin, you know this, about every story we talk about here and we bring up, how many times does faith cross-section this whole conversation here? About every time? Yes, probably 95% of the time. Yes. It always goes to faith. It always goes to faith. There's something about it, people. You cannot deny this. No. You can try to deny it, but it's not the truth. The truth is faith is a big part of all of us, a powerful people, powerful voices on a powerful journey forward. We'll continue that journey, friends, in just a moment. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older, until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. 
Let's uh, let, let's talk now about Gretchen as this journey unfolds now, and you and I, and really the interesting thing about us having this conversation now is that this is really a new journey for you because it's only been in the last year or so that this all came on your heart, where you had the conversation with God and you really started to look not too unusual in the way that your dad did when he found those shoes in the in the garbage there that were fairly new, and that was the sign from God that he was to move forward and do the things that he was going to do as a pastor and really change his life. I kind of, in different ways, that kind of happened to you as well, Gretchen, you know, in discovering Malcolm, the code of that, That's amazing. I have never made that connection. I love that. That's very powerful for me. I'm sitting that, here in tears right now. That was exactly that really- what I, I thought the same thing. I was just thinking, gosh, look at you both. Kind of went to God, found your answer, got your passion, and you're both going off doing to help other people. It's just fabulous. That's a beautiful connection I have never made. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm in tears. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> that's, uh, I've never, yeah. that's amazing. Well, it is It is uh, very clear that uh, you also, this calling that came to you and what you're doing with your life, and what makes it unique about you, Gretchen, is you've experienced it from all sides. Not only have you served, and you've served the United States Air Force, um, but you understand it, haven't lived it. You've lived it, you've seen it, you've had the family struggles, so as you're starting to do this, they're starting to get, I guess the word I'm going to use here, Gretchen, is synergy. You were creating a, a synergistic field of influence now through all of this social media conduits. And you were also seeing the need out there with all of these Absolutely. vets across the nation. Tell us about some of these stories and some of the things that eventually created the Code of Vets and this awesome organization, by the way, people, that's a 501c3 now, and that is going to do some amazing things in the years ahead. I am certain of that. Tell us about that. Well, as I shared my dad's stories, individual veterans began sharing their stories with me. And so I began to ask them, may I share your story? Because that's how we raise awareness in our community. One veteran at a time, we have to to put a face, you know, to what is going on with PTSD or suicide or homelessness, whatever the case may be. And these veterans, for the most part, have said, absolutely, Gretchen, not only do I need help, um, you know, I'm hoping that you can help me by sharing my story. But at the same time, I want my brothers and sisters in arms to learn from this or to get the help they need by listening to my journey. And so that's how Code of Vets evolved. That's the birth of Code of Vets is me sharing my dad's stories. And now I'm sharing other veteran stories. And they absolutely love it. And I'm asking for people to pray for these veterans as we're raising money for them, as whatever the case may be, whatever their story or journey looks like, I'm asking for prayer because what I'm doing is I'm providing hope in our community and I'm letting them know you're not alone anymore. We're actually, we're, we're rallying together. We're unifying on a grassroots level and we're helping each other one at a time. Is that going to take a long time? Absolutely. (laughs) There's 20 millions of us, but you know what? I feel like I'm making, you know, some definite strides forward with Code of Vets. And I just want to share a couple of veterans that I crossed paths with early on in Code of Vets. And and really, yes, their stories are powerful. I I was discussing, um, you you know, just life and my dad with a a ranger that had contacted me from Florida and he was really struggling. He was actually suicidal during that time frame. And, you know, I just walked through with him and shared my dad's journey and he started opening up and sharing him and he felt a connection there and knew that he could trust me because I was, you know, raw and vulnerable by stepping out in the light and saying, Hey, this is what happened to my dad. This is what happened in my family. And so he began to, he began to share his journey 
And he did tell me at one point, he said, Gretchen, he said, after I started talking with you, he said, I, uh, because I was encouraging him to go to rehab, he needed to dry out. He was using drugs and alcohol to self-medicate. He isolated himself from the world. He pushed his family and friends away and he was living an incredibly dangerous, isolated life. We're not built to, to live that way. So he said he walked to his closet and he was actually looking at his guns, trying to make a decision. What am I going to do? And I'm, am I going to end my life or am I going to, to, you know, take Gretchen's advice and guidance and go get help? And well, guess what? He did decide to go get help. He, he, he made that decision with him in himself. I did not hear from him for a lot, uh, a period of time um, because he was in rehab. He also got some counseling for his PTSD after he dried out, but he called me and he said, Gretchen, he said, I have a question. He said, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting, you know, I'm stabilizing. I'm making some progress in my life. I'm feeling better physically and emotionally. He said, but there's something missing. He said, can you tell me about God? Uh, Malcolm, that's, that's what Code of S is about. Wow. It's about sharing that hope of sharing the light of God and how, how it can transform your life. And I shared with him John three sixteen. And we mm-hmm. talked for a long time, yeah. just how simple it is. All you have to do is ask for forgiveness and ask for God to walk with you and to live in your heart. And I'm telling you what, this man has made incredible changes in his life. I'm so proud of him. Uh, I'm so honored to be a part of his journey. And now, guess he doesn't need me anymore. You know why? Because God put us in each other's path for a reason. He's healing and he's living on his own. And now he's sharing his journey with other people. You know, he's doing his own thing, which is amazing because you know what? There's a ripple effect that's happening in our community and it's one veteran at a time, but it's incredibly powerful. And this is, this truly is from God. Um, and I'm just so thrilled and honored to be a part of it. <laughs> wow. All right. Your website is codeofvets.com, codeofvets.com. So yes. I'm there now, and I'm looking, and I see what we fight for. You've got videos on here, and uh, again, all kinds of making a difference. Uh, you can join the Code of Vets. So what happens when people join the Code of Vets? What is that? What? That is actually a work in progress. We're working on that now. What I want to do in the near future is I want to have teams in every state, Code of Vets teams, so to speak, volunteers. When we have a veteran in need or distress, I want that team to be able to respond to that veteran where, you know, where whoever lives the closest to go have to have physical boots on the wrap ground right now we're virtual boots on the ground and we are effective in that manner but i want to grow code of vets beyond social media and and to be out in our communities serving each other and that's i'm really finding that there's something to this that it's that it's that heart connection it's giving hope and you know it's not about a quick fix or here's you know two hundred dollars for groceries this month this month it's that heart connection and giving them guidance to where to go get the help and to follow them not just drop them off you know at a certain point but after having two or three different communications with them but to follow their journey to become a part of their lives so that they have a support system some of these veterans are so alone they've isolated themselves or they have dysfunctional families and they've had to for their own well-being uh, and so code of vets we're creating a family with each other and for, for each other it's powerful and it's just 
it's truly amazing to watch it grow. I really like that, the way you're creating a network around the nation by having this accessibility is what you're doing, Gretchen, making it more accessible, clearly, you know. Uh, That's a big deal. Now, also on your platform, I see here, so more toward the bottom, there's a place folks can donate. And what are you trying to do there? Just raise, you need, obviously, all these... um, yeah, it costs money. It costs money. <laughs> yeah, That's the thing about yeah, this life. Everything is revolves but, around dollars. Yeah, go ahead. And, Tell us about that. Yeah, and what, what's nice about me, I do this from home. It's uh, This is all so, social media at this point, so there is no overhead. So literally every penny that people send in to Code of Vets gets, you know, I, re, I give it to the veterans in need mm-hmm. <laughs> i do not take you know take a dime from it so it's again that's another god thing is god has given me a beautiful life i'm not doing this for money it's not about money but i need do need some funding in order to help veterans who are in tight spots we actually paid for a veteran who was getting ready to be homeless he had an eviction notice for december 17th in uh, brockport new york and um, we were able to raise $2,800 for him, which covered November, Get December, Get out January's of here. Rent. Get out yeah, of so here. It's amazing. Yeah, wait a minute. Did you, this just happen? This November, December, January, just now? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh gosh. We just, I just sent him the, I just sent him the money two, uh, two or three days ago. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. What an awesome story. So he was going to be, uh, if, he if, was evicted. evicted. He had received his eviction notice. Yeah. It was December 17th and we raised the money within a couple of days. Now, what did he say <laughs> when you delivered this $2,800? Oh, he! I, I transferred it over from the Code of Vets PayPal account to his PayPal account, and he just—he has called me several times and said, "Gretchen, you just don't know what you've done for me." He said, "I do want to." He said, "I want to get on my feet. I want to be stable again," um, because he's actually had a great career. Um, he's just—he has fallen on hard times just due, due to some circumstances in life. Great, great veteran. Um, just you know, again, just some financial situation he found himself in. And um, I knew what a good person he was. And I was like, okay, we're going to help you. You are not going to become homeless on my watch. <laughs> that is so, uh, yeah. remarkable. So we, you know, so I have a team that works with mm. me, you know, a professional advocate. She's right. phenomenal. And she's, you know, works magic behind the scenes. And we were able to raise this money. And I sent it to him. And it just, it gave him a boost. It well, lifted his spirit. you it saved his life hope. probably. But that's one of the yes. best things you could do. Listen, when you talk about donations to, a, again, a group like this or a, a, a 501c3, a charity like this, I mean, this is a beautiful thing to do, Gretchen. And this is the best way to use these resources. And when you said a moment ago you're operating from home and it's social media driven, so 100%, that's important too because when we donate to various groups, which we all like to give, because it feels good to give. It feels really good to give, right. Gretchen. Exactly. When you're able to do it, it's a beautiful thing. But there are those organizations usually, and there's groups that monitor these where you want to always give to the groups that are given 90%, 90, 92, 94%. In other words, their operating course is minimal, Gretchen, you see? But with you, it's really minimal because you've kept it very lean and mean at at this point. And so you're able to do these cool things like help this uh, this soldier out, this this, this patriot here, which is amazing. Listen, on your site as well, I see, I love this little, I got to read this here. It looks like a tweet you probably put out. You said, I met with a beautiful young veteran last night in D.C. who's been struggling with some dark demons for 10 years. Please pray that God will heal his heart, mind, body, and spirit. He is at war yes. for his mental health. I'm claiming stability and strength for Alex in Jesus' name. Amen. But And then you've got a little, um, you've got a, um, a tag here. Let me read the tag because it's truly a beautiful message on this tag. In the darkest hour. When the demons come, call on me, brother, and we will fight them together. That is that is strong. Yes. 
Yeah, that Amen. is strong. Yeah, that's yeah. A- and that's 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 how I believe is I want to walk with these veterans in their darkest moments. You know why? Because I I I wish another veteran or brother in arms would have walked through with my dad during his darkest moments because I truly believe it would have made a difference. So, but you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm using my dad's life, his death, his service for something good, for something powerful. Wow. I'm turning around and I'm offering my hand mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I, you, I'm not going to leave you behind. I'm not going to leave you alone in the dark. I will walk through hell with you mm-hmm. to get you to a place of stability. Mm-hmm. It is, it is possible to have a beautiful life with PTSD. If you learn to manage it and you get the help that you deserve and need. Just, just imagine Gretchen, your dad, of course, you know, had his own spiritual experience and then he fell off the wagon or or dealt with his demons now just think of his journey and and you are taking that journey from him what he taught you and you're making the difference on his behalf exactly so you're really living his legacy because you are his legacy Mm. absolutely and i know i i just know in my heart that dad is watching from heaven saying, you go girl. He used to call me baby girl. And I, I know he's, he's up there. It's go get him, baby girl. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I feel it in my spirit. I know, yeah, I know yeah. that dad's proud. Yeah. 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 There's something beautiful about that. Uh, the message. Yeah. I get it. Baby girl. I mean, that's, there's affection, there's love, there's passion there. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a life thing. Um, you say also, uh, the message we want to leave everybody today, friends, everybody that's listening to this broadcast today, as uh, as Gretchen says on her platform here on her website, grassroots firestorm. Let's create a grassroots firestorm. Now, I like that a lot. Gretchen's voice, you hear her today, you hear the story. Um, it's a beautiful story. Her platform, again, her website, codeofvets.com. Now, again... All the links and the pieces will be in the platform back at brinkofgreatness.com. It's an amazing platform. It's been such a blessing to put this uh, together over the past year. I started working on these stories just a few years ago and finding there are so many awesome people on the planet that nobody's talking about and that you'll never discover in the media. So our mode was to be uh, really a platform to bring all these people and stories to life so we can all know about them and share them out there. That's the nature of this uh, show here, this program, this platform. But it's also the program of our entire platform, friends, back at America Out Loud. Now, you'll also, you'll hear this on America Out Loud Talk Radio. As you know, our newest show, every Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear us anywhere in the world. You can go to iHeartRadio, or you can get our apps on Android or Apple. The links to those are on either site brinkofgreatness.com, americaoutloud.com. And you'll be part of the family there. You can listen in to a lot of great radio and a lot of positive messaging as well and a a whole lot of truth, what, what I call the out loud truth. It's all there, friends. We invite you in to take a look there. We are a movement. It is a grassroots movement. Gretchen puts it out there very well when she says that. Um, get involved. Be part of the answer. Be part of the solution. Do something terrific with your day. Do something fantastic with your life. Take a look out. Walk outside. Breathe. See that sky up there. There's a blessing here. We're all here. There's a reason, friends. There's a reason we're all here. There's a mission. There's a path. We all need to find that path. We need to find that mission. We can connect. We can do great things. We can make the best days ahead of us, not behind us. That's the way we should look. Not in the rearview mirror, but front forward. 
That's how we need to take this nation. Big thank you to all of you for being part of this journey. You'll catch the show also on podcast. Stay with us, friends. We've got a lot going on here. The brink of greatness can only happen when you're willing to push beyond the boundaries and limitations that are holding you back. What's holding you back, friends? Remember to take the next leap forward. <laughs>